You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, McCoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the PHNX Sun Show. I'm Lindsay. That's Esso. That's Gerald. And we want to give a shout out to our friends over at OG's Brands, the official sponsor of Flavoring Fridays. Head on over to ogsbrands.com to see their full lineup, including their two newest gummies, the OG's Naturals and the Big OG's, and to find out where you can purchase. You might need them after this show and all the drama that took off on social media today. We thought we left the drama behind yesterday after we talked about everything that happened on Valentine's Day, but alas, there is more. But before we dive into that, we do have some sad news off the top of the show. DeLon Wright is going to the Miami Heat. He is not going to be a Phoenix Sun. And I know we have been talking about him a lot as a potential candidate on the buyout market for the Suns. There were reports that he was that the Suns were very interested in him and monitoring the situation, but unfortunately, he chose to go to the Heat. How are you guys feeling about this? I'm I'm pretty bummed about it, to be honest with you. I felt like we've talked a lot about the Suns could maybe look at a backup point guard on the buyout market. There aren't a ton of good options there, and I felt like DeLon Wright was probably the best external option if you were going to look at somebody to fill those minutes when Booker goes to the bench. Um, he felt like the most likely bet to actually have a chance to carve out playoff minutes. Cause I think come playoff time, when you're going down to eight or nine guys, like you're not really going to want to take the ball out of KD and Bradley Beal's hands. Even when Devin Booker goes to the bench, I felt like Wright was a guy that could play on the ball in terms of being a solid underrated playmaker, but also off the ball in terms of he's shooting like 48% on catch and shoots 50% from the corners you know, playing limited minutes for the Wizards this season, but he's a guy that could have filled in offensively in a number of areas. And defensively, he creates a ton of havoc. Um, me and Steven Pridgen Garner talked about this on our Take That for Data episode that'll be releasing tomorrow. But like he gets in passing lanes, he gets a ton of steals and deflections. He's six foot five, so you wouldn't be giving up a lot of size like he probably would with another point guard. I just felt like he could have come in and had a real impact on that potential playoff rotation. So it's kind of a bummer that they're missing out on him. And now the question is going to be, okay, where do they look elsewhere on the buyout market? To be honest, I don't like a ton of the point guard options. I'll be writing about guys that they could look at tomorrow. And we talked about some on the Take That for Data podcast. But low key, this one kind of hurt me a little bit today. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this guy could have been a fit. 
obviously he thought Miami offered him probably more minutes, more opportunity to play there. I can't imagine he looked at Miami and thought this is a better opportunity for me to potentially win a title, but I think it probably was a better opportunity for him to showcase his talents to try to get that next contract is what I'd imagine it was. Uh, look, Corey Joseph is still out there. I mean, not a guy that's going to necessarily move the needle. I would not be surprised that we're sitting on February 16th. We have what? Uh, 14 days uh, until the deadline. Uh, so two weeks from today for a guy to be bought out and be eligible to be on a playoff roster. I think there's going to be one more name that winds up out there from a guard situation that maybe the Suns get in on there that could potentially have an impact on this team. I'm not 100% sure. It's just a, a little bit of an inclination right now, but I think there will be one other name that intrigues people uh, that comes out on that before we get to that point. Uh, if not, you kick the tires on a Corey Joseph. You look at uh, is Saban Lee a guy you convert and you move on? Like you've, right. you've reportedly got Thad Young already. You added uh, Royce O'Neal and you hope, okay, that's enough to fortify things. Let's uh, let's just move on at that point. Yeah, the chat is all pointing out, like, listen, if nobody else comes up that we haven't heard of already, look at your bench already. Pick Saban Lee, give him the spot mm -hmm. and see um, if maybe he can be that guy you can turn to on a break glass in case of emergency situation, because let's be honest, it's probably what this roster spot's going to be, regardless of who it goes to. Um, but yeah, Gerald, like you said, it's a major bummer. Like I was just fully intending, I live in a fantasy world at times, especially around the Suns. I was like, oh yeah, DeLon Wright, why wouldn't he pick the Suns? <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it is what it is. But yeah, to, to the chat's point, like I do think Saban Lee has done enough. If they're, you should, you know, do your due diligence, wait until March, you know, and look for potential buyout guys that could hit the market. Um, but if nobody becomes available, like Saban Lee has done enough in my mind to earn that last spot. He brings a lot of that downhill mentality um, and driving ability that they could use. Yeah. All right. So now that we've got that out of the way, let's dive into some of the drama. So Mikel Bridges, former Phoenix Sun, went on a podcast and spilled a little bit of tea around the mindset of some of the guys on the 2021 finals team. Here's what he had to say. And I remember going up 2-0. So we was good. I was like, oh, we about to win the chip. Because look, especially in the West, especially then, like, the West all had tough teams. East, we were like, East really like whatever, you know? We go see Milwaukee. We're over here like, might just lie. It's the East. <laughs> it's Milwaukee. I know they got Giannis and obviously they got Hoopers, but I'm like, the West is tougher than East. We're like... Mm -hmm. We good. Go up 2-0. We're literally like, exactly. This is what we've been talking about. Like, it's the East, bro. Like, we're about to win this. And we ah. ran off four. <laughs> Great. I just couldn't believe it. So there are a lot of emotions around what Mikel said right now, flying around on the internet. Initial thoughts. How do you guys each feel about the statement from him? Well, look, for, for me, it's simple. They were a young team. They made a magical run. They had a bunch of guys that had zero playoff experience. I don't expect anything different than that. They had they had you know had a great run through the West. They go up 2-0. They had been at home for those first two games. Emotions are high. The whole city 
is ready for, for what they think is to come. I mean, hell, the fans are chanting Suns in four at the end of game two, which was cringe as shit being there live, but but that was what was going on. I don't expect young guys to have any other mindset than that, right? I don't think this was disrespect necessarily for the Bucks, just an overbelief in themselves and on this run that they were that were they were on that technically had started the year before in the bubble for a lot of these guys. So to me, I don't look at this as, oh, I can't believe that they they did this and they did that. It's more of a, yeah, that's the lesson most young playoff teams eventually learn is they get they they get punched in the mouth at some point during that run. And then they're supposed to take it and learn from it moving forward. And you saw it with Jordan against the Pistons for all those years. There's been multiple uh, you know, guys that have gone through this and teams that have gone through this throughout their career. I'm not, I'm not that surprised by this. Yeah. I, it's one of those things that like, I understand Mikhail probably shouldn't have said it, or at least have been as upfront about it as he was, because for a lot of people, like it's only two and a half years ago. Now it's still, the wound still hurts a little bit, but at the same time, like Espo, it's a great point. That was a team that you look at all of those guys about four or five out of their top six guys had never been to the playoffs before. Chris Paul had been to the playoffs, but he had never been to the finals. Like it's one of those things where sure they dealt with some adversity getting there with Chris Paul having that shoulder stinger in the first round and then having COVID in the, you know, the conference finals. But outside of that, they hadn't been truly tested. It felt like everything was aligning. The stars were aligning. And to your point about the four, like the Suns and four chant, I know that like the entire fan base was not in that arena chanting that. I know there were a lot of us that were like, whoa, maybe we shouldn't be testing the basketball gods in this way. But at the same time, like you're not going to tell me that after they went up 2-0, you weren't thinking like, wow, they could really do this. Like they only have to steal one on the road and come back and they can close out here in game five. They can close out on the road in game six, which to that point in the playoffs, they had closed out every single series on the road. Like this was a team that only lost three games in a row. I think twice all of that year, they hadn't lost four games in a row the entire season. Like we thought they were going to win. The vast majority of us did. And that uh, I understand there's a difference between fans and the actual players, but at the same time, like if we feel it as fans, you know, the guys on the court can feel it. They can feel that we we've got this, we're beating this team. We can do this. Like, I, I understand that there's a line between confidence and being cocky, but a lot of times that line is subjective and it's also based entirely on results. Like if they had won even just one game on the road and closed it out at home, we'd be having a very different conversation if Mikel comes out and says this. So I don't think it's a bad thing that these confident, talented players who believe they're the best in the world looked at Milwaukee after going up 2-0 and said, yeah, we, we should win this. I, I just... I understand it hurts, but getting upset about it, I, I just don't see the point. I also think that, like, even though the Suns and Four thing was a little bit cringe at times, it also became more of a battle cry than legitimately Suns and Four for a lot of people, too. And I think we're forgetting that as well. Like, it wasn't necessarily that, you know, we slept Denver, we're going to sweep uh, um, Milwaukee as well. But I, Gerald, to your point, I agree 100% that. I was feeling real confident in this team. I didn't think they were going to sweep, but I was feeling very confident in this team that this was finally going to be the year that they won it all. So 
I don't understand why the players wouldn't feel confident too. I mean, again, yes, there is a line between cocky and confidence, but you got to have some sort of confidence going into these games. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I won't lie. I walked out of game two in that arena and thought maybe I just witnessed the last, the, you know, the, the final home game of the season. Maybe the next time I see this team, I'm seeing them in a championship parade. We all felt like this was fate, like there was something different going on uh, in, in this town that we hadn't seen before. And and a lot, some of that comes up with what we all had just come out of, too. Like mm-hmm. we had just come out of lockdown, basically. Fans not being allowed to be in an arena, all these emotions. It was so unbelievably loud in that place because – None of us had been together in a year. Like none of us had had the opportunity to have that community and scream like that and feel that way. And to think that the players, like you're saying, Gerald, didn't feel that as well, you know, like is ridiculous. They had to have felt that. And when you're young, I mean, there's a reason that the the sayings young, dumb and stupid, right? Because, uh, because you believe in things, you buy into emotion, you haven't, had the shit kicked out of you. I mean, think about yourself at 20 compared to where you're at now, right? Or at 22 or 25, whatever the case may be. Life starts teaching you lessons as you get into adulting that change your perspective, right? And a lot of these guys hadn't had those moments in their NBA career, in their NBA life yet. So I do not put anything on the guys for feeling that way. That is a natural way to look at things. Also, yeah. I think we ask players so often these days in the in the day and age of social media and like having access to players where back in the day you didn't have access outside of like a one hour news cycle on TV or the newspaper the next day. Like we have been asking players to get more real with us, to take us behind the scenes more, to give us more information like the COVID times. Like we wanted them to come out and straight up say, I was hurt. I had COVID, all these things, like they didn't do it. And we kept asking them to do it. And so then we get a little bit of insight a few years later. And now we're all like up in arms and angry about it. And it's like, I don't know. I want, I want all the information. I'm okay with sharing that information. And the hope and goal would be that these guys went through it. Now, granted, the majority of them aren't on our team anymore, but they had this experience and they've learned from it. And we'll implement that moving forward and have a different mindset or different outlook when it comes to being back in that situation, hopefully again. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I, I just, it, it's, it's funny though. I, I understand why it sucks to hear as a fan who's still not over that finals loss because, you know, you'd never want to watch a series like that, that unfolded that way and look back on it and be like, man, now it sounds like they just took them for granted or they like took them lightly or whatever. But at the same time, like, like you said, Linz, we keep asking athletes to be honest. We keep asking them to be real with us. And when they get these questions, instead of giving us these cliched answers, but every time that an athlete does that, it seems like we fire back with, okay, well, not like that. (laughs) Okay. But not this time, not this time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Not that honest, please. No. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Also, I don't think the Suns just like phoned it in in those final four games. Like, if they had just phoned it in and played like absolute, you know what, then Mm. maybe we could feel a different type of way about this. I just think the Bucks and Giannis just 
turned it on higher than we had. Thank you. Giannis dominated in the in that back half, right? He was hurt in the first two games. He dominates in the back half of that series. And we're supposed to believe it's because Mikhail Bridges and some of the Suns thought they were a better team? No, it's because Giannis is superhuman. He's called the Greek freak for a reason. When he got going downhill, there wasn't anybody, even Prime Shaq, that was going to stop him in that series. And the refs were calling everything in his favor. This wasn't because the Suns got cocky. They wound up facing a guy who took it to another level at a time where Devin Booker hurt his hamstring and there was at, at towards the end of that series and there was only so much firepower they had and those games were still close especially that one I don't remember if it was 3 or 4 where the lob it may have even been it may have even been 5 I don't remember but the lob was it for that that basically uh, a half a second earlier and that entire series changes the suns have their third win and it's one more to a title so i don't it's not because they thought oh you know what we're better than them so time to just put the trophy up in the in the stadium and, and forget the rest of it yeah and also Mikel did go on if you didn't listen to the whole thing there was a little bit extra at the end. He did talk about how he thought they should have won game six. He also talked about how he hasn't really been able to go back and watch any of those games because it does sting and hurt still. So he wasn't saying this in like a joking, ha ha, too bad for us kind of a, a way, which I think a lot of people might feel um, just because it still does sting. But he feels the exact same way we do about that finals run. Like it still hurts. He's not over it entirely either. So yep. just throwing that out there too. If it, if it gives you any relief, <laughs> he's, he's upset too. I blame Abdel Nader. I don't know why. I just. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've addressed the drama, we can move on to our flavoring Fridays and hopefully have a little bit more fun for the rest of the show. And if you are looking to have a little more fun in your pocketbook, Desert Financial Credit Union has got you covered for more than 84 years. Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union, and they are dedicated to creating exceptional experiences by giving back to the community and providing financial solutions that make lives better. And I don't know about you, but an extra 200 bucks would make my life a lot better. And right now, when you open a free checking account online, you are going to get hooked up with $200 in bonuses. So get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. Hey, Gerald, uh, I, I know you got the fresh cut for the wedding coming up. Uh, do you have the, do you have the food taken care of? We do have the food taken care of. Yes. Well, I don't care. I'm bringing my own anyways, and I'm going to illegal <laughs> Pete's before I come to the wedding venue and stocking up so I can have the food that I want at your wedding because I'm selfish. And that day is just about as much about me as it is you. Yes, Lindsay. Hey, hey can you bring me some too? Can, can yeah, I, you want some order? queso? Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Queso it is. I'll take the, the order. Double corn. That's coming. Double uh, I'll corn. call Mr. Oh, yeah. Double corn. I'll call Mr. And Mrs. Girth too. We'll get theirs taken care of. Uh, Gerald, you and the future misses can uh, eat whatever you ordered. Uh, we'll we'll take care of ourselves. Don't you worry. Perfect. Because Illegal Perfect. Pete's is one of my favorite spots in town. They've got it's easy 
to get the kind of Mexican food that you want when you go to Illegal Pete's. And I want to tell you right now, they have some great deals throughout the week that you can take care of. My favorite one, when you can kick the Monday blues with a $3 margarita. Because if anything says Espo, it's drinking margaritas when work gets hard. And this week's <laughs> been one hell of a week, so I can't wait for Monday. Uh, and then Tuesday, Taco Tuesdays. As we know, I like to eat. And for $2 a taco, I can eat a lot. And that's a good thing as well. And if you work in healthcare or education, uh, you can take your team to Illegal Pete's for lunch every Tuesday and enjoy a buy one, get one free entree. And don't forget to unwind after a long day or a long week or a long year or a long decade, whatever it's felt like for you at their happy hours every day from 3 to 8 p.m. Illegal Pete's, your spot for burritos, buddies, beer, and food for weddings. Love it. All right. All-Star Weekend tips off today, you guys. Everyone is out in India already. We'll start the conversation with our super chat from Leo. They want to know who you got, Sabrina or Steph. I'm I'm intrigued here. Sabrina said today she's shooting from the from the NBA three-point line. Uh, I, I didn't hear if she's using NBA regulation ball or WNBA ball. Uh, or it's not. the WNBA. Is it the WNBA? Yeah. Then I think... Look, we talk about the NBA script writers. We talk about conspiracy theories. I buy into them sometimes. And if there was ever a way to really ignite the attention on the W going into one of their biggest seasons, uh, you've got all the Caitlin Clark talk already, everything uh, going into this draft. If she beats Steph in a three-point shootout, all bets are off then. That's going to go nuts, right? Uh, so I say she got next. It's happening. There we go. I'm I'm torn on this one because I, I I totally agree with you as far as the NBA script writers and like Sabrina's a damn good shooter and she's gonna take this seriously. I yeah. and you know, using a WNBA ball that she's familiar with, it doesn't worry me that like it's a little bit further back of a three-point line than the W because we know that she's got range. Um I don't know though. Like Steph is Steph is probably going to take it pretty serious too because he's here. He's heard all his teammates and all his friends picking Sabrina to beat him. So ah, I'm, I'm really torn on this one. I might lean Steph, but it'd be really fun to see Sabrina win. Like it would be that would be awesome for the W and for basketball fans if they like were going you know blow for blow and making all these threes. That would be really cool. I hope I need- it's a tie. <laughs> I would be all right with that. Here's why, though. Mostly because if Sabrina wins, everyone's going to be like, it was rigged. Steph lost on purpose. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. If yeah. Steph wins, they're going to be like, well, duh, of course Steph won. Blah, 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 blah. So I hope it's a tie. Because yeah. then, then we don't have to do any of that. I'm not looking forward to the blatant misogyny, no matter what happens, because you know that's going to happen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 100%. Haven't we, we've planned for that, right? Uh, I, yeah. Look. <laughs> I need to know, though, does Steph own part of the W team in San Francisco? Because I, if, if that's true, that's a thumb on the scale, too. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> all right. OK. No, no. All right. Uh, what I do know for certain is that Devin Booker is already getting a lot of love around the city out in Indy from the billboards to all of the signage that is just quite literally everywhere. There's one of him where he's literally on the side of a building that feels like it's probably covers at least 15 stories worth with a big old book chapter one uh, Nike advertisement up there. 
it seems like he's getting a lot of love this year at All-Star, and I'm really happy for him for that. I'm I'm happy for him, and at the same time, like I know this is unfair because I'm sure they planned a lot of these All-Star <laughs> things in advance of this weekend, but at the same time, like it feels like a bad group project that everybody got closer and closer to the deadline. They're like, oh shit, this is due next week. We better like do all this stuff. And one person took the lead. Like, I'm glad that we're finally getting more details on the release and how, where you can get the shoes and all this stuff. Um, and, and it's awesome that Booker is getting this love at all-star weekend, but at the same time, it's kind of like, where was all this marketing and stuff like six months ago? Where were all these details a long time ago? It just feels like they've totally botched this release. I agree, but I think the the photo that I love, the, the marketing piece that I love is book with all the books behind him on that chair with the with the shoes up uh, on the on the ottoman. I need that as a poster because I'm a big fan of old school Nike marketing posters. Like they had the Supreme Court. I don't know if you guys both are probably too young to to know this poster, but it was all like the 70s and early 80s Nike basketball athletes dressed in and judges robes and like it, it was ridiculous like i'm pretty sure alvin adams and paul westfall are on that poster and it's on my i i need to get list right there there's so many iconic marketing images from the past you know you've got magic and and bird and the converse poster with their backs to each other holding the shoes uh like it's so many things and i feel like for book that's an iconic image mm -hmm. and yes the whole marketing thing has been a shit show uh, it, it just felt like, like you said, a school project that nobody took the lead on and everybody tried to do it at once. But but that's a really cool, iconic moment. And I'm glad they're they're putting their marketing budget into this weekend because it is the focus of the basketball world. And Devin gets the shine that he deserves with these shoes coming out, whether it was messed up to begin with. But I, I love that he's actually getting the attention because I remember eight years ago, I was in Toronto with him the first all-star weekend. He was there uh, every press event that he did. Nobody was there. I was the only guy talking to him. You know, there were a handful of others that from the Kentucky days that, that came up and talked, but nobody paid any attention to him. Even after he finished second in the, in the three point contest, it was like me and one other guy talking to him. And to know that it's come full circle in an indie this weekend, from a marketing perspective, he's going to have a big focus. He's playing in Sunday's game. Uh, that That is really cool to see. So I'm glad he's getting the love and the signature shoe that the man has earned and deserves at this point. You know what else I'm really upset about from a marketing perspective? Did you guys know there was other merch that was coming out with this shoe launch? I didn't until I saw so, it from Man. Yeah. Yeah, there's some super dope there. It's, I think there's three articles of clothing to come along here. Okay, there's a t-shirt that's pretty cool. But the coolest part is there is like a, it's almost like a sweatsuit. So it's a tearaway pant and then a button up jacket as well. And it's like this tannish color. You guys can see it on Manor's Instagram. They posted it. They are so dope. Yeah. Like so dope. And I have not seen outside of one local shop here in Phoenix. So shout out to Manor for at least posting it. I haven't seen that anywhere. I haven't seen anybody yeah. talking about it. I know the shoes are like the biggest selling point, right? That's the number one thing. But these things are super dope too. Like I saw this jacket yesterday and I want this jacket more than I want those shoes. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. I saw it on the Manor page and then I accidentally found it on 
Nike's website. Not that it was easy to. I just happened to be searching for the book one so I could figure out how to use the damn sneaker app to put in my uh, I'd like to have an opportunity to purchase this remind <laughs> me button, whatever the hell I had to do. God, I sound old I, and saw that stuff. And I was like, if I were like three sizes smaller and about 10 years younger, I'd rock that shit hard. You know, yes. not now, but I would. I mean, you could still rock it, Espo, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, the whole thing was a mess. Hopefully the rollout tomorrow will be good. And hopefully a lot of people in Phoenix will be able to get their hands on them and Fingers crossed the sneakers app and all these other websites that you can order on don't immediately sell out to all the bots who are just going to put them on StockX for like $8,500 tomorrow. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't know, but okay. Um, we do have a comment from Stoner Kitchen that said, Saul versus Gerald three-point contest and Espo versus Lindsay skills competition. Depending on the skills, I got Espo beat. I. I say we do this next week. I mean, we got we got some time. Can we can we go back to the part where you said depending on the skills? Like, what skills are you trying to Sleep, put in the sleeping box? in, uh, wearing beanies, uh, and uh, and trying to get other people to be involved in uh, in some of the stuff you're doing. Lindsay would go. clean my clock. I would three. wreck us, though. When I ask you a question, do you want to be in my video? It's not a question. It's it's just you say yes, and then we move on. That's the only actually, answer there. Actually, that skill is reverse psychology. I think that's what you're really good at. You wind up convincing others to, to be involved, and I like it. I'm impressed. As, somebody, um, as somebody in management, I want to learn your ways, all right? What's that book called? How to Win Friends and, and uh, Influence, Influence people. people? How to Win Friends and Manipulate People? <laughs> <laughs> How to Decide Who You Don't Want as Friends and Manipulate People, the Lindsay Smith story. So I got you. <laughs> All right, guys. We also were blessed today ahead of All-Star Weekend um, with some music from Kevin Durant. How exciting. I, I mean, I didn't realize that KD was, working on actually being in songs himself. I knew he was doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes, uh, but he put out a song with Stally and it's called Scared Money. And it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm actually really impressed with KD. Yeah, it's not bad. It's got bars. I wish we would have known about it before we uh, said goodbye to them for All-Star break. It would have been cool to ask him about it, but We'll definitely have to ask him about it once he gets back from the break because that's a that is a really cool thing and he talked a little bit about you know he was asked about his success off the court with like boardroom and all these different ventures that he's doing and he br always brings it back to basketball and saying like look none of this other stuff would be possible without what i do on the court and so he's thankful for the team that he has that is able to keep it focused on basketball so that he can perform at this level and so he can try some of these other ventures but um, that's really cool when an athlete's able to branch outside of sports and it be something that people actually like, like, so, um, that's pretty cool for him. I'm looking forward to getting his perspective on it. Better than Dame, better than Shaq, better <laughs> than Kobe, better than said Sabalos, like better than this, Kelly Oubre Jr. I don't even remember who, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, like he's at, it's actually good. I was shocked. Mm -hmm. I, I saw it and I'm like, uh-oh, really? <laughs> yeah. We're going here. Another mm -hmm. thing. No, no, it's actually good. Like it's actually he's very good at it. So I'm I'll be interested in what he says 
to you guys next week when you get an opportunity to talk to him about it, whether this was some dream of his that he's always wanted to do, or if it just kind of came about while he was, you know, hanging around producing uh, some of this stuff that the opportunity just presented itself and he, and he decided to try his hand at it. So from what I understand, it's, it's actually, um, so they, they recorded the song last year. So KD last summer asked him to send him a beat and then it was a pretty quick turnaround for KD to kind of deliver his side of things here. But from what I understand, it was recorded last year. And then um, I think the music video was shot pretty recently in New York because there is a music video that accompanies it. So if you guys want to see it, it's all over YouTube. No, we cannot show it to you here, unfortunately, um, but you can find it on the Internet. But a lot of people are asking, is it actually good? I genuinely think it was pretty good. I was really surprised. Yeah, yeah Gerald's no, in the music video. Uh, he no. is. Don't lie to the people. Um, but yeah, no, we would love to play it here. But as much as we love Kevin Durant, we do not love getting sued by Kevin Durant. So <laughs> exactly. make sure you go check it out on your own time. <laughs> uh, yes, but check that out. It could be your anthem for the entire uh, weekend if you want. Hey, listen, real quick, before we move on, I'll have to address something in the chat real quick. BC said, why is she wearing that hat indoors in Phoenix of all places? <laughs> BC, it's a vibe, okay? Do you ask Book and Beal and KD the same thing when they wear a beanie indoors in Phoenix? They yes. do. They literally do that. <laughs> just a vibe. Y'all just let us live our lives. Plus, it's a bad hair day for me. I didn't wash my hair today, so I put on a beanie. And then I look presentable to go out into the real world. That's all it is. It, That's all. In fairness, we've been asking the same questions for two and a half years. But, you know, we've, we've just learned to accept it. Well, quit asking the question, Joe. Just let us <laughs> yeah. live our lives. We embrace you for who you are, Lindsay. Thank you. I just wanted to be Most a thing. Connor said, Connor said, that beanie is fire. Thank you, Connor. You're the best. Connor, you know what I'm going to hook you up with? A promo code to sign up for BetMGM. That'll get you 150 bucks. You're you welcome. <laughs> promo right code Beanie. Promo code PHNX. But I'm going to I'm going to make some calls. See if we can get it changed to Beanie. Um, but over with our friends over at BetMGM right now, if you sign up using that promo code PHNX, you're all you have to do is place your first BetMGM sportsbook wager through the BetMGM sportsbook mobile app and of at least five dollars. And you're going to receive $150 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. It's a super easy thing to do. They literally just want to hook you up with $150 in additional winnings. Again, with that code PHNX. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Damon talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Get stuffed, Ontario. <sighs> so people are asking where certain people on this show are. <laughs> Flex, Saul, uh, and I regret to inform you that we have lost them to, <laughs> to Gila River Resorts and Casinos. They've been there enjoying the gaming tables, the food, the entertainment, there's so much to do that you can disappear for a week and still not experience all of it. And that's where they've been. They've been having a good time. 
at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. And you can, too. You can check out all the Valley locations. My favorite is the Wild Horse Pass out there just south of Chandler. A great venue, great resort, all sorts of fun. And you may not know it, but they have a concert and show venue in there that I've seen some amazing, uh, amazing artists out at. So check them out. Uh, you do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit playatgila.com for more details. Yes. Espo, you, you, you mentioned disappearing for like a week or two because of how much there is to do there. Is that what happened to our Wi-Fi technicians? <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, it has. They yes. must have got, they must have heard our, our ads and were like, oh, I'm ahead there instead. <laughs> yeah, they, they keep, every time we call them, they just go there. They're like, oh, we're going to go have some fun. So. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. You said PHNX. I thought you said Gila River Resorts and Casinos. My bad. Super yeah, easy I'm, mix up, right? I mean, we've crapped out on our, uh, on our luck with internet service providers, but you can win out at uh, Gila River Resorts. Yes. Marco in the chat said, Matt Ishbia, W owner. We did hear from Matt Ishbia today. Um, he shared some things around the financial side of running an organization that made us all feel real good. I know what it takes because I've seen it and I want to be involved. I've never done it in the NBA. I've never done it in the MWA. You know who's done it? Some of my players, my head coaches won any championships. So ask them. Like, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. What works? What doesn't work? Let's try to do more of that. Let's build a new film room. Okay, we got you. Like, what can I, my job is to be the best owner. Their job is to be the best player, best coach, best medical trainer. Like, we all have to play our roles. And that's what, that's even what Player 15 is about. Like, do your role, be the best at it. It's all about team. Uh, has there been a price of something that's come across your desk? You're like, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm getting ripped off. No. No, not not if it's going to help us win. So I say, hey, listen, I, like we did the trade deadline. They said, oh, it's going to add to the luxury tax. I said, is Royce O'Neal going to make us better? Yes. Okay, then what are we talking about? No fan's going to be like, good job saving money in the tax bill. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no, like yeah. Ishbia is really great. No, they don't care. They want to see a championship team out there. Let's do what it takes. Do and you feel obligated because you're new to the team? Like you got to earn almost credibility with the fans? Uh, I'm going to be doing the same thing in 40 years. You'll be talking to me about the same stuff. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to do it because I'm new or I'm old. Like, I just want to do the right thing. Like, I'm doing what the fans would want. I, we've all done it. Like, oh, if I was the owner, I would do this. Like, we all played fantasy stuff. Like, like now I am the owner. Now I'm going to do what the fans want. And winning is what they want. Damn. I mean, listen. Yes. We have, th this is the anti everything we dealt with for 18 years. Polar opposite. This isn't the guy that's like, give me every receipt for anything you ever did, uh, including breathing air when you're on a trip for the team. This is not the guy that looked at Kirk Thomas and said, let's trade him with two first-round picks because I don't want to spend an extra couple of million. This isn't a guy that's going to nickel and dime shit and pray that you win 25 games in a year. This is the guy that wants to do what it takes to win, and that's what this town deserves. Hell yes, Matt Ishbia. Thank you for spending the money, putting your money where your mouth is, and doing what it's going to take. It might not always work out, but at least you're trying in that mindset. Can you imagine if we had an owner who was willing to spend with as deep of pockets as Ishbia has five years ago? Oh, my God. Shoot. I mean... <laughs> We don't have a championship here in Phoenix, but I'm sure if we had an owner who was willing to spend like Matt Ishbia is spending now, we probably would, to be completely honest with you. And I know there's a lot of like new rules and stuff around the CBA, like the minute we got an owner who's willing to spend, but they'll work on figuring that out. And he's clearly not afraid to go over the 
the and tap into the luxury tax and pay a boatload of money and fines if it makes our team better. And that's all I care about hearing. <laughs> like, listen, I don't really want to hear from Matt Ishbia too often, but when I do hear from him, I want him to say, we're going to do whatever it ha whatever we have to do, whatever it takes to make this team better. And if that means I got to spend more money, I'm going to spend that money. That's all I want to hear. Yeah, it, it's kind of cruel timing too, because you look at what could have been like if the Suns had just paid to keep Joe Johnson or if they hadn't traded Rajon Rondo and all these guys that they drafted in the first round, trading them right away for cash basically in like three straight years, what Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion might have been able to do together. And now we finally make it out of that dark period and we get an owner who's willing to spend and we get hit with all these bullshit new CBA rules that limit the teams that really do want to spend to make their teams better, like not having a mid-level exception, you're not going to tell me that wouldn't be valuable for a team that's already attractive, a destination like Phoenix is. Um, so it, it kind of sucks for that reason, but it's a relief to hear Ishbia saying that when you're approaching a summer where, again, you're going to be limited in what you can offer people. But we saw it last year in free agency, how aggressive they were in getting guys that we didn't think they could sign to vet minimum deals. Looking ahead to this summer, Royce O'Neal going to need a payday if you want to keep him. Grayson Allen going to need a payday and has really bolstered his value over these last couple months. They have bird rights for both of those guys, so it's going to come with a hefty luxury tax bill, almost unprecedented. But it's good to hear Ishbia saying that approaching a summer like that because if he feels that these guys can help the Suns continue to win, Hopefully he continues that trend and continues to say, I don't care what it costs. I don't care about the luxury tax. I want to make this team better no matter that cost because that's probably what it's going to take heading into this summer. All I'm going to say is nobody forced Ishbia to say these things. So yes. when the time comes, a.k.a. this offseason, mm -hmm. he better stand on business and follow <laughs> through with what he's been telling us from day one because we're not forcing him to say this. So yes. I better not hear, no, oh, sorry, we couldn't got, sign Grayson Allen or re-sign Grayson Allen because it was too expensive. Because then we all riot. I, right. I just, and I, and I, hope, I hope, too, because people have pointed out that the campaign trade last year was kind of a luxury tax saving move. The Dario Saric trade was also that. But I genuinely think they didn't think those guys could help them win and that they could do better. So I'm hoping that that's what those moves were. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. If that were the case, then you wouldn't have made the Royce O'Neal move either because that cost him a large amount of of tax money as well. Yeah, it's always – you always have to wait and see because, yeah, you're going to have to spend a lot of money this offseason to, to, you know, keep those guys. But everything he's done has shown he doesn't really care about that, right? It's not mm. about – uh oh, it's going to cost me some money. I mean, the TV thing, he talked about that in this interview. He left, you know, 30 plus million uh, on the table from a potential cable deal. And, and if Bally's had kept them, they might still even be around. But like he went and he said, no, what's going to pay dividends in the long run is going to free over the air, launching our own streaming service uh, and making us more available than ever before. To, to fans that will get to become even more entrenched with this team, will wind up buying tickets, buying merch, be part of this. And the money comes, like he says, money follows success. Well, it, 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 he's going to back that up. I have every belief that he will. And if he doesn't, then we hold him accountable for it. But he's done it 
every step of the way in year one. And I've been, uh, I've been excited to hear it. I love his approach in terms of, yeah, I, I'm involved, but I also understand I've hired people that I listen to, that I want to be involved and understand and give my opinion. But I trust in the James Jones, the Josh Bartlesteins, uh, the Frank Vogels, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, these guys that, that I brought in. I trust them to know what they're doing and do their job and to teach me because I don't know everything. I know enough to be involved, but I don't know everything and I want to learn. Yeah, 100%. Um couple things in the chat. Triple B said, can we get Matt to buy Cox Communications next? <laughs> I think we should start that petition now. We'll, we'll just convince him to do that. I think that would be a good move for all of us. How about we just ask, hey, Matt, can we just get you to buy us a three-mile-long Ethernet cord so we can borrow your Internet? I mean, I mean true. <laughs> why not just that? I'm happy enough if he just does that so we can just be back in – in the offices and I don't have to be in the walk-in closet in, in a disclosed location in Mesa. Yeah. Uh, Brian says, does Ishbia listen to Scared Money though? Do you think Ishbia listened to Katie's song today? Yes. I'm sure he did. He better, he better. I think he you got support your guys all around. I think he the got man gets up at four in the morning. The man gets up at four in the morning. I'm sure he had time to listen to a two, three minute song. <laughs> He better. And then the last one, a different Brian said, can Matt Ishbia just please give me a million dollars? We have all put in the request. We've asked for <laughs> all three of us, plus all of you in the chat. Uh, we're just waiting to hear back from him at this point. But in the meantime, you could also check out our friends over at the Arizona Lottery to potentially get yourself a million dollars. The Arizona Lottery is introducing a unique new ticket promotion called Arizona Adventures. Now, there are three ways to play and win big in this one. You can play Arizona Adventure Lottery tickets featuring three iconic landscapes, Picacho Peak, Monument Valley, and Camelback Mountain. Those tickets have prizes up to $50,000. You can also check in at Geolocated Adventures at 10 destinations across the state from Flagstaff to Yuma, or enter tickets online for a chance to win $1 million in cash and Arizona travel prizes. The Arizona Lottery is not just about playing games and winning prizes. It is also about giving back to the state and its community. So visit azadventure.com for more information on how you can take an adventure for a chance to win a million dollars in cash and Arizona travel prizes. Gerald, I already told you I'm going to bring food to your wedding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm also going to bring drink because you know what? I can't go anywhere without my friends at Mick Ultra because I missed the camera there. <laughs> Literally, in the in the walk-in closet, because it's two point six carbs and only ninety five calories, and a man that uh, you know obviously looks at what he puts in his body very carefully uh, has to be selective. So I will be bringing Mick Ultra in the suit jacket, in the pants. I'm going to wear a suit, Jim. I'm going to do that, uh, but I'm going to figure out how I can work some cargo pockets into it so I can bring enough Mick Ultra for everybody. All right, so uh, so. Uh, so I got to make sure everybody has it. Head over to MickUltra.com to find out how you can win superior NBA prizes, which will be Gerald's uh, wedding gift, and to find Mick Ultra near you. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly, especially if you're going to a board day wedding. Gerald, are you so excited for your wedding? So excited he muted himself. Oh, I muted no, myself. Too. I'm too excited. I can't even speak about it. Um, no, I'm really excited. We're less than 30 days out. We're getting a lot of wedding planning stuff done over the weekend with all-star break and everything. So 
We're, we're getting in the final stages. It's exciting. Uh, we might go live in the Discord from your wedding just because it would be super fun and we get to bring all the diehards with us. So if you're not a diehard, you better sign up today. Go phnx.com. You don't want to miss out on the Gerald Bourget wedding live video. There you go. You might get some tea in there. Who knows? And you'll also get to see what Matt Ishbia got him for a gift. Ooh, so. how exciting. A big, fat bowl of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully a championship, Gerald. I think Maybe. he would be very happy with that. Fingers crossed. All right, guys. Um, one final thing here we want to discuss is arena food. Okay, so we know that the Footprint Center got renovated a couple years ago. And with that came a little bit of an elevated food and dining experience, if you will. But there was a new study that came out recently that has the Suns ranked third in the NBA in arena concessions. And I think that's pretty impressive. So it scored a 2.801 out of a possible five. And they said, despite having just five concessions per 1,000 square feet, the Sun Stadium sells affordable $5 hot dogs and earns a better than average supporter sentiment score of 55% which I'm pretty stoked about. The one thing that they got a seemingly got a pretty bad review on was just how many concession stands they had across the arena as far as the amount of space that's there. But guess what, guys? You want to hear what the best news is? What? Yes. The best news is that who, guess who came in dead last? Who's that? Our friends over at the Denver Nuggets. Oh, wow. So out of the five, that possible score of five, they had point. Nine seven zero. Ooh, that's rough. How do you how do you manage that? Isn't just having food there like a one? Like I mean, that's what you would think, right? <laughs> you have food and drink one out of five. Like so way to go, the, Denver. Well, you know, Espo. It's it's funny that you say wouldn't just having food give you a one? It's because they have the fewest concession stands per one thousand square feet, mm. and the fewest so- per ten thousand seats in the arena as well. So they don't have a lot of food apparently. So so they're like the equivalent of when you write your name in on the SATs and you automatically get some points just for doing that. Is that what we're... That's what it sounds like. <laughs> one concession stand for 19,000 people and it serves one thing. That's, uh, that's the so, Denver... You, you know those nachos that Barkley used to talk about being at Phoenix yeah. with the cold cheese and they got pickles on them? That's a delicacy at the ball arena. Denver has one concession stand that only serves Barkley nachos. That's all you can get. Uh, you know, And they serve it in those ball mason jars. That's it. That's mm. all you got. Yeah. Look at how far we've come from the days of cold cheese and stale hamburg- hot dog buns and all that good stuff. We got Low-key, though, like, the arena food is pretty solid in terms of, like, they upgraded the pizza to Spinatos. Sorry, Max, no free ads, I know, but I love Spinatos. Um, Like, they've got some good places in there now. Uh, They could use a few more concessions because, like it mentioned, they are a little bit more spread out for that big of an arena. But, I I mean, I enjoy the food that they have in the arena. And then also, like, Matt Ishbia's overloaded the media food, so I'm very happy about that, too. Yeah, and listen, I know everyone in the chat is still talking about the price. Like, the price inside any arena is always going to be outrageously expensive for what you're actually getting. Um, But it could be worse when it comes to beer. So the most expensive um, beer you will find in the NBA is, of course, at Chase Center with the Golden State Warriors, coming in at $1.08 per ounce. 
The cheapest beer you're going to find is at the Cavaliers Stadium at 33 cents per ounce. Oh, wow. Yeah, but it's only mm-hmm. Pat's Blue Ribbon, so good luck. Oh, uh, no. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> or, no Michelob Ultra. That's for no, sure. it's not. You can't get better <laughs> than Michelob Ultra. I mean, that's that's the truth. There, uh, look, uh, first off, how does Denver not have a Casa Bonita in the arena? Uh, how How is that not there? But two back on Phoenix. There is one thing that weirds me out about the new concession areas. Mm. The grab and go area where you put your card so in, crazy. in the gate and you grab whatever you want and you walk out and it charges you. But what I realized the other night when I was there was I didn't look, there's like no obvious prices. So I could have just spent like 60 <laughs> bucks and been unaware of it outside of, you know, the, Oh, I put my card there to walk in the gate. It's genius from a marketing perspective and terrifying as a fan, you know? I agree. Cause I did that the first game we went to this season. I tried that out for the first time and I left feeling so uncomfortable. Like I know I've tapped my card when I came in, but I still feel like I'm stealing this thing right now. Cause I didn't do anything when I left. And that's mm-hmm. why I totally agree. There was no way to really know what the price was. And they tell you when they go and they'll put a hold on your card for like 20 bucks and then it changes to whatever it is you actually purchased. And I was like, so how much was this water I just bought? <laughs> It was like fourteen dollars. It was insane. I took out a mortgage and I didn't realize it. (laughs) The only thing, in my opinion, worth spending a little extra money on when you go to a stadium. Sorry, Max. um, Wetzel's pretzels. Always, we'll spend a little extra cash on that. Wetzel's is solid. Yeah. I. Yeah, I. I lived in the days where there was just really bad food in there, and uh, and like you had to pay for the media food, so I always wound up walking the concourse and had to find something that wasn't very good. Well, they've, they've, they've upgraded it. I am jealous of those 20 somethings that now work there and, uh, and go for that experience. Like I used to have to, because now they get quality. Foods, so. mm-hmm. That's true. All right, guys, that'll do it for us today. That is our show. We hope you have a fantastic weekend. Um, Espo and Saul are going to do a little bit of a post all-star game. Uh, show for you guys on Sunday. So make sure you come back and hang out with them for that. And until we see you next time, be sure to give the show a follow on social at phnx underscore suns. Hit the thumbs up button if you are watching here on YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe if you are listening on audio, which by the way, Gerald, like he said earlier at the top of the show, did a bonus audio only episode with Steven. Um, So make sure you guys check that out. Gerald, that'll be up tomorrow? Tomorrow morning. There you go. So don't miss out. Make sure, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it. Uh, you can also follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. If you're looking for love, find somebody that looks at you the way that Matt Ishbia looks at the chance to win a championship. Ahoy hoy. <laughs>